one thing I really appreciated coming over into the U.S. is I knew my identity. I had a lot of friends that tell me here, like African-American friends, oh, I wish I knew my village. I wish I can trace it directly back to my bloodline. I say, this is exactly the village I come from. This is my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather grew up from here, came from here. I can do that. I can trace it back that way by asking my father who got information from his grandfather and his grandfather got information from his great-grandfather. But a lot of our distant relatives over in the U.S., unfortunately, and other parts of the world don't have that. So that's the main reason for saying no culture. Hello, family. You are listening to Concrete Pastures. I am Nancy Mulemwasisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a platform to reach out to my fellow immigrants and dreamers. The goal is to provide a space for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We discuss issues that are important to us in the diaspora. We celebrate the joys, the laughs, the bravery that being an immigrant brings. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Oh, season two is officially on. We are back, people. I've missed you so much. Oh my God. Oh, geez. I want to thank all of you for the feedback on Ronnie's episodes. I want to thank you for all of the support you gave us for season one to all of the guests i appreciate you so much for pouring into all of us into our lives for shifting our minds in a different way in a good way thank you so much for all your reviews for your phone calls for your comments on our social media positive comments i can go on the love was overwhelming throughout all the the whole season one and then season two the little taste that we gave you it was just like you blew our minds with all of the comments and the impact that we are making in your lives is very encouraging and thank you for letting us know the difference that we're making in your lives and we'll continue to do this for you to all of our new listeners welcome to the family on today's episode we have another brother from nigeria and um, we had his brother before if you haven't listened to nosa's episode nosa iari was talking about his brother and he called him the moses of the family today we have his older brother his name is ifi iari he is an entrepreneur who believes in the concept of pan Africanism and the need for Africans to rewrite their own narrative through building culture, awareness, education, and evoking appreciation for African culture. If you felt the desire to kickstart people of culture as a movement that helped better educate other cultures and races about Africa, drawing their attention to the continent's rich culture, heritage, food, fashion, 
music, and the business opportunities. He holds a BSc in journalism and an MSc in integrated marketing communications. He oversees daily operations, planning, and organizing events, digital marketing, and public relations. He also plays a vital role in collaborating and building meaningful alliances. Welcome, Ify. How are you? So many accomplishments over here. Congratulations to everything. Thank you so much, Nancy. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on your beautiful and wonderful podcast. I appreciate the mission and I appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. How are you? And you're joining us from Chicago, right? My first yes. Chicago guest. Yes, um, I'm joining from Chicago, but actually I'm from Chicago, but I'm currently in Atlanta. So apologies in advance for a little bit of noise. I'm actually at a conference. It's the National okay. Black MBA Conference. But I had to take out time because we already planned this. I had to take out time to, you know, obviously meet with you, sit with you and discuss. So I appreciate you working with my time in, uh, you know, I hope, I wish I was back at home in Chicago where I'll have my whole setup, where I have my computer room and everything. It would be fantastic. But, you know, hopefully we can still have a meeting discussion, uh, nonetheless. Uh, no, I, I appreciate you for taking the time out, even on your busy schedule, to join and pour into the community. I start with people, you know, it's an immigrant show. We all want to know how life was in Nigeria before you came to the U.S. and how you came to the U.S. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So as an immigrant in Nigeria, life was pretty much like, you know, definitely how others experience life too. Pretty much, um, it, it had like its ups and downs. I come from a middle class family, middle class in quote, as far as the Nigeria goes. Uh, my dad was in the military. I grew up, um, uh, uh, in diff- I, ha- I happened to live in like different states. So I, I was fortunate enough that got my father's military um, background and, uh, and his professional career. I had the opportunity to live in at least I want to say what maybe ten to twelve states, if not more, mm-hmm. you know, across my time. You know, some states I lived there maybe two months, three months, and my dad would get redeployed somewhere else and things like that. So it was fun, but it was also great because a lot of people grew up in Nigeria, maybe growing up in just one state, just like people do in America. You hear someone say, "So I'm from Atlanta. I was born, raised there, went to school and everything." And I feel like it's there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes you may tend to look at life from a very narrow point of view and you only be used to that culture and, and like maybe traditions of that area. Whereas yeah. if you get a chance to really explore and live in different areas, you can adopt the cultures, adopt, adopt the culture and have a better appreciation for your growing up. So growing up was fantastic. Uh, besides my immediate younger brother, I uh, have like uh, three sisters. Uh, we have an adopted sister and I have a stepbrother. So we're a large family uh, overall, but you know, it's been great. It's been fantastic. We haven't taken anything back. Uh, overall, I had a, from a young age, I had the inclination to always be, you know, hustling, working hard. You know, Nigerian parents is still in you. My mom wanted me to be a lawyer. Like, oh, you have to be a lawyer. Nosa, you have to be an accountant. So Nosa kind of like went and became an accountant, a finance person. And uh, he managed <laughs> to like stay in that lane. I was a rebellious child. I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to be a you know lawyer. I want to do something else. So I had a at the time I had an interest in media and journalism so I went that route 
And after I finished that, I kind of figured out, eh, it's not like it wasn't great, but I was, I've been an entrepreneur. I was looking for, okay, where's the money at? And I started to have a more, I did an internship at an advertising agency in Nigeria. And I worked under Steve Babaiko, who is, if anyone is in the media advertising space, they will know him. It's pretty much globally recognized, one of the biggest advertising juggernauts in Africa and even beyond. Mm-hmm. And so I was lucky enough that I kind of like was under him and I worked under him as an intern. And I grew a love and affiliate and interest in advertising and marketing. And so I decided to get a master's in that, which propelled me to come into the U.S., and uh, pursue a master's degree in uh, integrated marketing communications, which was like a mix of learning both the digital digital marketing and also currently learning uh, uh, the traditional side of marketing. So that also propelled me to get jobs, uh, you know, work for a hair care company, then work for a utility company, and I currently work for a healthcare company. Nice. Uh, which school did you go to when you came to the U.S.? Yeah, I went to a school called Roosevelt University. It's in it's in Chicago. It's in the city of Chicago. They have like satellite campuses in a few areas, but their core campus is in uh, is in downtown Chicago. So that's where I went to. It's a school that's uh, liberal, very liberal, very diverse. Uh, they embrace different ethnicities and cultures, and so it's a pretty good school overall. Nice. Yeah. So how long have you been in the U.S. now? Roughly under 10 years, I would say about eight years or so. And in the U.S. for about eight years. Got it. So how was your experience with adjusting to the U.S. when you came here? I know it's different from Nigeria, even though you guys moved from state to state in Nigeria. Yeah, so luckily I was fortunate enough that uh, my mother, I don't know if she did it intentionally or if it was unconscious, but in life, you know, God creates a path for us to follow. So my mom had uh, myself and my brother and uh, my siblings, we kind of grew up exposed to Western media at an early age. So we watch like things like Cartoon Network, we watch like, you know, foreign cartoons, foreign movies and things like that. So we started picking up on the cultures and habits and just way of life of like people in the Western world, especially the U.S. And as a result of that, we knew we knew about McDonald's, knew about, you know, coming to America, those kind of movies you, you hear about, you know, McDonald's, which was like the, the spin-off version of McDonald's, things like that. We're able to understand the culture a little bit and everything. So when I came here, it was, I was, I was very thankful for that because I was able to assimilate much faster than maybe a typical immigrant would just because I already understood some concepts. Now it was still tough for me. A lot of things I still didn't get. I didn't understand quarters, cents. You know, pennies, the money system. I didn't understand how to order coffee because of all the variety of coffee you can order. You know, so a lot of things took like time for me to understand and adjust to, but it was still a much faster assimilation process for me compared to um, uh, any other immigrant who maybe might not have necessarily had that kind of childhood background exposure to come and start learning things over again. So I'm thankful for that. So it was a little interesting. It was a little interesting, but it was fun overall. I got to learn a lot. So I'm fast forwarding. Okay. What got you into the movement for you to get into Pan-Africanism? What got yeah. you into that? Awesome. That's a fantastic question. So it pretty much started with when I came here and I realized that, you know, back in Nigeria and even in other African countries, everybody knows America knows how to promote itself. When you, you're in a Nigeria and Africa, when you watch a movie, you see the beautiful city of San Francisco, you see the beautiful city of Los Angeles, you see yeah. Chicago, you hear about all the cities and interesting, they shoot movies there, they shoot iconic movies that we know today, and we're like, wow, look at these beautiful buildings, oh, look at these nice cars, look at these beautiful people walking their dogs. <clears throat> 
and it's easy to see America from just one mirror and see how life is just like you know one one sided one sided in a way. Whereas they don't show you like they they also have like in America has like beat down cities. They have you know hillbillies. They have countrysides. They have all those yeah. things. They don't put that in their media as much. So you don't get to see that side of America. So we're all all sold on the dream. So when I came here and I started to see all those other things, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I didn't know America had these other parts like that. I saw some parts that were even more beat down than where I come from, like my country. Like, you know, they had like worse slums, for example, than, they, you know, than my country. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I didn't even know that. And uh, what really got me interested was I didn't know that in as much as America does a good job of selling itself, other countries like Nigeria and others don't necessarily do a good job of selling themselves to America and the rest of the world. And so when I came here, people were even asking me, oh, do you speak English? Like it was a legit question. Like, oh, you know, and when I spoke to them and communicated like I'm communicating to you right now, they were amazed that my English was this good. And I'm like, do you, do you realize that we're colonized by the British and, you know, we grew up our official language in Nigeria is English. Now, granted, we might speak with an accent, but at least the average man who is educated in Nigeria or woman who is educated in Nigeria can communicate to you in, in English and can read and write. And, you know, they went to school, they have degrees. So, you know, it was baffling to me that they're so naive. And it wasn't from a place of them being condescending. It was the place of, you know, them being ignorant. So it was it was that. You know, uh, we don't usually do a good job of selling ourselves to America and the rest of the world. So they were asking legit questions and it wasn't being, they weren't being condescending. They were like, oh, do you speak English well? Oh, where do you live? Oh, uh, do you have animals in your backyard? Like all these things, you must have heard this before on social media. But it's true. I thought like, you know, people in social media were always exaggerating. But I came here and I experienced it for myself firsthand that, you know, it's true. They are very naive as to how we live in Nigeria. So I had to start orientating them. I would even like pull up photos from my phone and show them, listen, we have buildings too we have central banks we have a financial district we have everything you have here in america we have it in nigeria and other parts of the world now granted it may not be as developed you know just being honest but we do have a working system it's not the best you know it's getting better but you know we're a democratic country who just got independence not too long ago so we're still growing and developing you know but and when it came to school you know i was acing all my tests acing my exams doing even better than my white colleagues and everything, asking very interesting questions. My professors were taking note of my name. So, you know, they were even surprised, like, oh, okay, this person seems to really be good. And, you know, to me, I was like, this is normal. If you read books, like, you know, we have really talented people in Nigeria, um, IT um, experts, we have, you know, uh, engineers, doctors, you know, fantastic, talented people who may not necessarily have the same resources and opportunities like you have in the U.S. So I took it upon myself, like, all right, this is you know, convincing my friends because I was able to convince like my cohorts, people in my class, like it's not so, and you have them have a better appreciation for Nigeria. But it just seemed like I was always advocating and fighting all the time and trying to convince, no, Nigeria is good. Oh no, Africa is great. And I was like, you know, the best way to do this would be to set up something where a platform where I can educate people who want to be educated, people who are open-minded and say, okay, I want to really learn more. I'm genuinely interested. I, I have said that I'm ignorant or I'm naive and I want to learn. So that's why I set up a people of culture and it was a really, really important platform which was going to help to educate and spread awareness on Africa and um, and literally let our brothers and sisters know what you know Africa is about and what our goal is and our mission is. Um, most importantly, I also set up that platform to really connect with our African-American brothers and sisters. We call them our distant relatives. 
So I feel like a lot of them are very, especially with Ghana doing things like the return every year in December and things like that. A lot of them have done the ancestry test and they're like, okay, now what? I found out that I'm 60% Ghanaian. Um, 25, you know, um, 80% code, um, Ivory Coast from Ivory Coast. I have 80% of Ivory Coast in my bloodline. I have this, I have that. They don't know where to go. They don't have friends, their family. They want to go, but they don't know where to start. And uh, most of them are just looking for education. At least let me start by going to my local restaurant in my city, eating jollof rice or something. I can start there trying to go to some local events, listen to Afrobeats, and maybe I'll start there. And I've met some of them in like clubs and social events where they're like, yeah, I just came here. I just found them from XYZ and I really want to, they don't know how to start. They don't know how to navigate. And some of them don't have friends in this community, sadly. You know? So I was like, okay, if I set up people of culture and you come to my event, you will get to learn like, okay, now you found out you're from Ghana. Cool. Come to my event, connect with other Ghanaian brothers and sisters at my event and learn from the culture. Make, make meaningful connections, business partners, maybe perhaps even find your spouse or whatever the case is. And that way, once you learn and you better understand the culture you can then take the next step as to travel and then even be tapped in and really really you know evolve and understand the culture and what you're doing is you're not only setting yourself up for success but you're also helping your you know future kids or your your, your kids if they're still young to really understand and have a better appreciation for their culture and their identity one thing i really appreciated coming over into the u.s is i knew my identity i had a lot of friends that tell me here like african-american friends oh i wish i knew my village i wish i can trace it directly back to my bloodline i say this is exactly the village i come from this is my grandfather my great-great-grandfather grew up from here came from here i can do that i can trace it back that way by asking my father who got information from his grandfather and his grandfather got information from his great-grandfather but a lot of our distant relatives over in the u.s unfortunately there are other parts of the world don't have that so that's the main reason for saying no culture wow no it's a great initiative i love it i truly truly love this um the what i've come to discover through talking to our fellow immigrants there's that divide of african-americans and the africans from your in your own opinion and your own just observation, do you feel like us Africans feel superior than our African-Americans, our distant relatives? Right. That's a great question. That's a debate that's been going on for a while. I do feel like it's both sides, to be honest. If I'm being very frank, I feel like I guess some Africans... I was going to throw the coin the other way also, yeah. African-Americans and vice yeah, and, and vice versa. I feel like the African Americans who feel like, oh, they're not Africans or they're not connected to us in any way. And, um, you know, they're better than us. So it's both ways. But I feel like it also comes from a place of ignorance and, you know, being naive. Because what people don't understand is, um, you know, I hate when they use that. I wouldn't even say the word, but that AK Akata word, I feel like it's very derogatory. But I also feel like a lot of Africans, what they don't understand is it depends on who you're connecting with. So, for example, if you're talking with an uneducated African American, who's from the slums or the hood area, who has been living in impoverishment or like doesn't necessarily have the same resources and opportunities, they're going to act a certain type of way. They're going to have this anger, this I don't care attitude and just be very, very hostile in a way. And Africans see that and perceive that or interpret that to, oh, generalize that like all African-Americans are this way. Like the current conference, I mean, this is the National Black NBA. This is where you have some of the best corporate professionals, black corporate professionals in the world. You know, people who are from high school level to MBA, people who have their MBA and working in like corporate professions. Mm-hmm. These types of people, when you meet and interact with them, they're upstanding citizens, they're very noble, they're hard workers, 
they you know they represent black the black community very very well they are so they they are senior executives in their company they are top managers in their company some of them own their own successful businesses and there's a thousands of them this mba um, convention draws i think between 15 to 20,000 people so imagine 15 to 20,000 black professionals like wow. if, you, if these are the kind of people you're interacting with and meeting with your orientation about african americans will change you can't tell me you look at them like oh these are just ignorant people but if you're interacting with people who are uneducated in the hood who really don't have much going for them and not because it's their fault it's just because of how the society has kind of like put them in that box and not necessarily give them the necessary resources that it used to do of course you're going to have a misconception and vice versa because there are also Africans too as well who are uneducated who are miscreants who are not you know no good for not necessarily no good for society but they're just you get what I mean they're just you know living their lives like they don't care they're committing crimes and all these kind of things so if, if African Americans went to travel to Nigeria only those are the only people they were connecting with. Of course, their perception about Africans will also be different. They'll be like, oh, Africans are lazy, they're thieves, they steal, they're all that. It'll be the same thing. But if you're connecting with Africans who are doctors, lawyers, professionals, business owners, people who are very eloquent, that speak well, educated, scholars, you're going to have a very, very different perception. So when people say, oh, African-Americans are different, they are like this or like that, that I always challenge my African brothers and sisters like who are the people you're connecting with? Who are the people in your circle? Because you can't tell me you're connecting with black professionals, like African-American professionals, and you're, you know, meeting people who are hostile or very loud, or, you know, those like stereotypes. It's not possible. So I feel like it's both ways. Like African-Americans, we need to just connect with the right people, people who have the right frame of thoughts too as well. Because if there's if someone who is like professional and, and really has an interest in like learning about Africa and learning about the culture of African American brothers and sisters, if those are the kind of people you're connecting with, you're gonna find a lot of common interest. They'll tell you, Oh, I've been here, oh I went to a Bonaboy concert, I went to a David O concert, I loved it, this was my experience. Those types of people are very open to having conversations with you and you'll find that you have we have a lot of similarities and differences. So yeah, that's kinda of like how I'll tackle that question. Nice. Um, funny enough, um, last night, literally after, before I was texting back, back and forth with you, uh, one of my countrymates has a radio station. He invited me, um, nine, uh, at like 8.59 actually, sent me a text. They were having a show on history for, um, like great women, uh, from slave, from slavery that made different changes, like great changes that made an impact, uh, in our history. And they were discussing, um, uh, Harriet. I've seen the movie. It's, it's, it's amazing. I've seen the movie and they were discussing like her history, how everything about Harriet. And I was texting back and forth, telling him how great this is as a reminder. And I remember, I'm, I'm thanking myself. I'm like, I'm going to have a conversation with Ify about this <laughs> because we need to be reminded of the people that paved the way for paved us. Paved the way, exactly. And I, I, and I think yeah. as Africans, uh, in my own opinion, I think we get lost or we tr- we kind of forget of who paved the way for us, and we kind of isolate ourselves from African-Americans. Meanwhile, they paved the way for us. They are the reason why we are able to come here and be accepted the way we are being accepted to be able to have these careers that we have. And it it was really interesting to have that. It's a Zambian blog radio 
And exactly. it was really, really great that they are that doing that and highlighting. And this is something that we pass on to our kids. And I was, my kids were sleeping. I was like, I wish my daughter was, you know, awake. She could hear this. So I'm, I love what you're doing. It's really great, like for us to be able to work as a team together. Like you're building a great community. Right, so what has been that. the reception from like the African Americans that you you're working with? Yeah, the, the the reception has been awesome so far. I'm not even gonna lie. And that's the funny thing. A lot of African Americans have been very interested. Like I said, you're not gonna get everybody. But yeah. I don't really want to get everybody. I want to get the people who are interested and people who are aligned with the vision. So the, for the, the most people I've really been connecting with that I've really been interested in are black professionals and also people, not just black professionals, but black professionals interested in learning more about their culture. I'm very thankful with the new wave of Afrobeats and other means of like, you know, movies and things like that, Netflix, Nollywood. Yeah that has really kind of like found its way to get global acceptance because that has also made it easier to connect with people because when someone listens to goes to a individual concert or a Bonner Boy concert or Kids Daniel concert, they're like, oh, wow, this is really fantastic. How can I get more involved? So they then want to come to my event and be like, okay, I've attended the Kids Daniel David and all that, but what, you know, what are other things within the community I can do? So and since I host an annual event, I do a lot of things in the community. Yeah, chapter more inclined to also attend that and learn more about, you know, the uh, those events. So the reception for African American brothers and sisters has been fantastic. You know, we're still growing the community, so we're looking to reach out more to more people and go beyond even Chicago to other areas. But it's been super receptive. I've even gotten, funny enough, I don't, you know, surprisingly, everyone also got in other races like you know, some Caucasians, Italians, Mexicans also being interested and saying, hey, we wanna get involved want to attend your events want to nice. see how we can join, join your board and like you know how can we just support and you know so that's also very encouraging so definitely that's the overall goal to gather folks together and how can we because whether we like it or not the Jews will come here like when Asians I tell people when Asian immigrants come here they don't say oh I'm Chinese once I'm from Thailand or oh, I'm from you know Singapore or whatever it is they see themselves as a, as a one group, as an Asian yeah. group, and they live within the same community, work together. If they're looking for a tax person, they, get, they hire someone from, you know, that's of Asian descent. They're looking for a lawyer, they hire that person, you know, and that's how they're able to grow wealth within their community. Similar with the Jews. Africa is the only community where people <laughs> come here and it's every, every man for himself. Let's do us, let them do them. I'm going to walk out. But you don't understand that it's strength in numbers. If you we can come together and just really work together, because we really have smart people. If five, six people are coming together and starting companies and sharing resources and saying, oh, this is how we can, you know, succeed, we're going to succeed. There's no two ways about it because we are the most educated immigrant group in the U.S. and I think also in the U.K. and other parts of the world, Nigerians. Nigerians. So there's a lot of and Africans as a whole, very educated, very smart, very enlightened people. But how can we bring that all together and, you know, foster growth in our community? That's the goal. Nice. So you're... Your organization is called People of Culture, right? Yes. And you, you're you going to be having an event very soon. Yes. Yes. Um, um, I have an event October 8th, in like roughly about a week from now, roughly. Nice. And um, yeah, we're going to be having that one of them. And it's, the goal is I always intentionally choose centers that would um, be like a venue that would kind of like memorable and really connect with our audience. So the first event we had was in 2018 and we had that at the DuSable Museum of History 
and uh, the DuSable Museum. And anyone who is from Chicago would know where the DuSable Museum is. It's in the heart of the South Side, uh, where is, there is, uh, that houses predominantly Black residents. And that museum is very historical. It's pretty much the biggest like uh, African American art museum in, uh, uh, in, in on the South Side. And so I had my first event over there and it was phenomenal. We had like over 100. First, first event, I was really impressed. It was a lot of hard work, but I had a solid team. We were able to draw 100 and something people in attendance wow. for the first event. For the first event, that was very impressive. I went, all right, we need to do more of this because it shows that people are engaged and it shows that people are interested. Um, our second event called COVID, we unfortunately had a virtual one, but it was it was a gift and a curse in a way. A gift in the sense that we were able to connect with people beyond and outside Chicago. So we had people connected from Denver, even people as far as away as Nigeria, where you know, because of the time difference, they were up like two a.m. Oh st- streaming the yeah streaming That's loyalty the right there. I love it. Exactly. Exactly, streaming the event. So we had a, a, a virtual event people from Houston, Philadelphia, those different places streaming the event. These are third events. So we're making it in person again. But the goal is, we're, you know, we're trying to apply for funding because it costs a lot to put these events together because we want to make it of great quality. and want to make it a I premium I can imagine. Event. Yeah. Yeah. So it costs a lot. So our goal is to hopefully reach out and get more partners and sponsors. We have a few partners. We want to get more partners that will really support us financially so that we can spread the message and have these events in other cities. So we want to come to Houston. And any Atlanta, you know, places yeah. that have predominantly a lot of like black African Americans and African brothers and sisters where they are want to take it there. So our goal is like, you know, in like two or three years from now, we really want to have this event uh, hosted across the, the, you know, like maybe five or six at least to start major predominantly black cities in, in America. So if walk us through like the event, like okay. if I come to the event, what am I expecting? Absolutely. So uh, the event is going to be phenomenal. Like I said, you're going to see it's a rich, you're going to see African culture celebrated in its finest form. Uh, we love uh, guests that are going to come dressed in their African regalia. Mm. So the Ghanaians are going to wear their kente, Africans will wear their agbada or buba or native attire or whatever it is. Nigerians will wear that. Um, but from the event from start to finish is we're going to have like a networking session from like six to seven. And um, that next open session is, hey, don't just come and sit down and be on your phone. Talk and interact with people. We want people to be able to take things out of this event. Like, want you to find your next black realtor from our event. We want you to find maybe hopefully your next girlfriend or your next wife from our event. We want you to connect with Ooh, your I need next lord. Find my next husband over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want you to, you know, find your next um, lawyer or whatever it is at, at our event and things like that. But also share see what you have in, uh, in common. There are a lot of people that have traveled to a lot of African countries and maybe that would be, that's a great way to open discussion. Like, oh, hey, I've been to Ghana. How was your experience? This is where I stayed. Where did you stay when you visited Ghana? You know, just interacting over cocktail and drinks and all that. Then after 7 p.m., just for an hour, then at 7, we usher guests. They're all going to be seated and we have performances. So we have some of the best African performance, African and African-American performances. So we're getting African and African-Americans to perform together in one stage, on one stage. So we're going to have like maybe, uh, I think we have a couple of Nigerians, a couple of Ghanaians, a few people from Bena Republic. You know, it's just a good mix and a few African-Americans who are going to be performing. That, and there are, most of them are local acts from Chicago and neighboring cities. So um, Indiana, um, Wisconsin, that's Milwaukee, you know, just places like that. They have their come together and say, hey, we want to showcase our talent. And the goal is to also help spread 
these they like help expose them to like the community because oftentimes you know you have an african artist that doesn't necessarily have a platform because we're in america they don't have the opportunity to perform on these african-american shows or their music when they even get a chance to perform there is not as well received like it would be in their community so this is an opportunity for them to tap into the community and perform and get and have you know get the necessary exposure to take their music to the next level or their arts to the next level lovely yeah, yeah so after that to wrap it up we have a panel discussion and um, we're going the panel discussion is to that's kind of like we'll wrap it up towards the night is to start meaningful conversations and dialogue with um, our audience to so start meaningful conversation and dialogue with our uh, with our audience so the goal what we really want to do is we want to like so the conversation this year's conversation is like you know Africans and African Americans how can we work together in business so how can we come together and say hey we have these resources you guys have that resources how can we come together and how can we connect and work together in business that's the goal so Lovely. that's the final discussion yep um, I'm a foodie is there going to be African food oh for sure are you having vendors coming uh, for fashion selling African stuff any yes, food? yes. Oh, I gotta have food. You, you, you can't have an African event without having food. You get cursed out on social media. So I definitely, yeah, I definitely have, uh, uh, everyone who is coming to the event definitely get fed. And, uh, depending on the tickets, so we're selling tickets for the event. But honestly, it's not even, we're not really making a profit per se. The ticket is just okay. So we can at least sustain the event and give a great experience. So depending on the tickets here you get, we're feeding everybody regardless of even if you got the cheapest ticket, which I think is about $20. Everyone is getting fed. So, you know, that's a good thing. And that's Lovely. only possible. That's only possible because of the meaningful partnerships that we have. Uh, Dozy's Kitchen is one of the most renowned like African caterers in, in in Chicago. He caters for both the African community and African American community. He's very good as a professional certified chef, and he's going to be feeding guests during this evening. And honestly, he is more so partnering and saying, "Hey, this is how I can support." And uh, because normally what he charges, we couldn't even afford it. And he just came and said, you know what? I love the vision. I love the mission. I'll come in and help as much as I can. So those types of, of people are the reasons why we're able to put on a good show. Um, as far as vendors, we do have like the Black NBA Chicago chapter uh, come in. And they are one of our partners for this event. And what they do is it's the same as the, the national level, but they're the local chapter. So the, they're going to be coming and they're going to be sharing information and resources for people who are interested in joining the local chapter and doing more in the community. So you're a professional in the, in, uh, you're working as a professional in America, in corporate America, but where do you go from there? How do you tap to network and grow your net worth and things like that? So they're going to be uh, vendors and they are one of our official partners for the event. We are also partnering with um, the national, the Nigerian American Professional Association, which is another uh, top association in Chicago is a community of like Nigerian Americans who are professionals and looking to connect together and share information. So um, I'm really close to the president of that organization. Her name is Chioma and they're also partnering with us in this year. So we are really thankful for these types of partnership because they will not only help us draw crowd in, but they also come with very meaningful impact to help us grow. Then on the sponsor side, we have um, Azayama, which is a hair care company. We have uh, all other companies that might that's on there. We have As I Am, we have uh, Redcraft, Orgasen, Enhanced Technology. We have a few sponsors that are like contributing one way or the other, either financially with cash or you know other other means to really really make the event great. So we're really thankful for those partnerships and sponsors that we have for this event this year. 
pure for. I love when the community comes together to make a difference in people's lives. And you are doing that really well with with your organization. Really, really well. And our heritage is rich. You know, we have so much to share. We have so much culture that we 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 have to we have to share with others. Having that, even soon, it's going to be like once a year. It's not going to be enough. You're going to have to yeah, do that more, more more often. Yeah, that's what we're looking to do. But you know, one step at a time. We really want to make sure at least we we get it down and master it. And once we do that, and we know we can only get better. This third event is like our biggest event yet, as far as the things we're putting together. So it only get better from here, hopefully. Can people still get tickets? Absolutely. Um, so if they just visit pocevents.com. So the name of the organization is called People of Culture. So just search the acronym pocevents.com and you can learn about our organization, what we do, and uh, you can purchase tickets to our event. If you're in Chicago or neighboring city, Milwaukee, Indiana, most likely we encourage you to come. I promise they're going to have a great time. If no, no one has come to an event and be like, oh, it's boring. That's why our numbers keep growing and our organization Listen, is growing. it's because an African of event. Okay, there's going to be yeah. dancing. There's going to be everything. There's going to be dancing. Ooh. There's going to be fashion. There's going to be panel discussion. There's going to be performances from some of the best, like violinists, saxophonists, rappers, spoken words, all that. So, it's, uh, honestly, for the value of the ticket we are selling, we are even, honestly, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's we are underserving ourselves, but we're doing that because we really want people to just come and have a good time. And hopefully in the future, we can definitely uh, get meaningful partnerships and sponsors that can work with us. Um, I'll drop this here too as well. Uh, for anyone who wants to reach out, they can call, um, they can connect with me because we're really looking, we're still open and we're really looking to work with people with like, like minds like us and like who are aligned with our vision. We really want to work with a lot of black professionals, both Africans and African Americans. We're not limiting it to just Africans. We want to work with both people, Africans and African Americans because I feel there are a lot of things African Americans can bring to the table, a lot of things that Africans can bring to the table. And we really need to see ourselves as one entity like we're uh, black that's it there's no i don't i don't like the word division on oh, this one that no we are one way we come from the same ancestral line and we need to start seeing that and working together yeah no it, you, you're definitely right when it comes to that because when police call uh, pull us over it, it doesn't matter uh whether you're african-american exactly. or you african born exactly. um we are all black so exactly. you, we all have to say the same thing. We have to explain the same way. We we all get racial profiled the same way. Yeah. We needed to get into that. Yeah, we need to see each other as one. I completely agree. And the sense of community is really important. I didn't know the power of community until I truly started to do podcasting. I was like, oh my God. There's value in numbers because when you are in your career, it's all about me, me, me. Let me get to the next step. Let me get to the next step. But with uh, getting to podcasting, I had to learn certain things, asking for help, as <laughs> reaching out and having a community was much easier. I wouldn't have it if I, did, I was not in the community. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's really important there. I, I love what you are doing. I can't say that enough, honestly. Are, are you working as a journalist or no? Oh, no, I'm in a completely different line of work right now. I'm a data data analyst for a healthcare company. So I'm now in the more so IT yeah, space. Yeah, I'm changing gears. <laughs> yeah, I'm switching. I'm always switching. But that's all about growth and evolving. So I'm currently in the IT space. So 
Yeah, I, I work as a data analyst for a healthcare company. So that's kind of what I what I do at the moment. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe in another like four years or five years, I might switch to something else. But I'm enjoying it so far for now. <laughs> Nice, nice. I mean, it's it's very uh, different from what you went to school for. And I'm looking here, I'm like, oh my God. Okay, he went into communication and marketing and everything else. But everything else comes full circle as you go yeah. into, into life. You're doing marketing, you are... What you're doing, talking now, is more like journalism and talking to people around. So it's, it's everything is connected. This is on the 8th. And then how can people keep in touch? Like the event is one time. And then how do people keep in touch with you to continue to learn and be informed about the culture and, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Great question. So we have a, we have a social media channel. So we have, uh, uh, if they go on Instagram, you can go, you can search culture, culture underscore power TV. And that's the media arm of our organization. And we post, you know, events, uh, we post things that we do in the community, we post, you know, funny videos, we post a whole lot on there so they can get connected with us. They can send us a direct message on there or our info should be on our bio on there on Instagram. So you can shoot us an email or something and someone, a member of my team can reach out and we can have further discussions there. Um, they can also visit our website, pocevent.com. And uh, that way they can learn about the organization. And there's a, I think there's an email form there that they can use to contact us. And once they send that email to us um, to contact us, then we can be in touch. Someone from our team, either myself or someone else on my team, would connect with them directly, and we can, you know, form a, you know, listen to what they have to say, and like, you know, uh, have them, you know, just join the community overall. So we we keep growing. We're growing every day. Uh, we have a solid email list of people. We also do email blasts where we share information in Chicago. If you're in Chicago, things that we're doing, or if you're if we're partnering with someone in a different state or different city, so we post a lot of information and share information on our via our emails, so people can also um, send us a uh, t- join our email list and stay in touch with us on the information and knowledge on you know, just news that we'll be sharing about things that we're doing in, within the community. Got it. So I'm someone who wants to know where I'm from. So I do the test and I find out, um, you know, 50 percent, you know, Ghanaian and 50 percent, 20 percent Nigerian, whatever it is. Can those uh, type of individuals reach out to you and um, they say, I want to go to Ghana. I want to go visit where I came from. Um, Can they reach out to you? And you can help them with those with those process or no? Yeah, unfortunately, we're not a travel agency, so it's really going to be hard to like <laughs> connect on that basis. But we can share resources and information on how they can definitely, you know, connect them with the right people. Thankfully, in our community and our network, we have a lot of professionals who may be better aligned or better suited to like really help them out with that. So yeah. we can connect them with the right people, either agency or individuals who can maybe further assist them, you know, in, in in their pursuit of that information or, or knowledge. So, yeah, we definitely have a large network body that someone in our network will be able to assist with that. Because yeah. you're going not, to have those those individuals. You're going to have those individuals yes. that, you know, they do the test and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm from this. Can you point me in the right direction? Or yes. you yes. guys help with this? Yeah, uh, so that's sure. good to know. That's good to know that you have, you know, 
partnerships that can help in that area. Um, anything else that I didn't ask you that you would like to share? Um, I just really want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I appreciate coming. I appreciate your podcast. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate whoever, you know, is African or even African-American that has like a platform where they share positive messages and, and great things like you're doing. I really always appreciate it, no matter how small or big, just because oh, of the fact you. that I know it takes, you know, it, you know, like they always say, it takes a... Well, how, how does African saying go? You know, a village. It takes I can't a village. What was, uh, yeah, it takes yeah, a village. It takes a village. So I know it really, like, you know, with what you're doing, what Nusar is doing, what other people are doing, you know, we, we don't, you may not see it directly, but it, it is creating impact and people are learning about it. So it can only get better from me as Afrobeats continue to grow, as uh, Nollywood continues to grow, as, you know, you know, uh, other African movies from other parts of Africa continue to grow. People are learning more and really appreciating the culture. And that can only be better for us as a community and be better for people understanding, you know, Africa and our community even better. So I just want to say thank you for anyone who is looking to that's in the neighboring country, uh, sorry, neighboring cities like Indiana, uh, Chicago, uh, Milwaukee, please feel free to, or even Michigan, Ohio, please feel free to uh, go on POCevent.com, get the ticket. It's not expensive. It's 20 bucks, the, the cheapest ticket, 60 bucks, the most expensive ticket. And just come enjoy the show. Honestly, it's a really great value. If you don't have a good time, I'll give you, I'll give you a refund. I can assure you, you're going to have value. For you. you get value for your money and you really appreciate the community and what we are building over in Chicago. Nice. No, thank you so much for the compliments. And I appreciate you making time to join and pour into the community. You're also doing a lot of positive things that are going to be for years and years and years to come. We're all going to learn from. And our right, right. kids, I can't wait for my daughter to start learning my culture in detail, even though I expose her, not just on my my country, I expose her to all of Africa. I want her to understand all of Africa. And then, you know, she has her culture here and uh, she's mixed. So she also has Ukrainian culture, which she adores. And, you know, she, she speaks the language, which is amazing. Awesome. awesome. That's <laughs> nice. That's really good. Yeah, that would be a great opportunity. And that's why we're doing this so that, you know, your daughter at you know, even my future kids and things like that will really understand and appreciate it better and really be better connected to their roots. Yeah. Nice. You've been here for for some time and I ask this to everybody. Have you found your concrete pastures? Mm, have I found my concrete pastures? I want to believe I have because if I have it, that means I'm misleading a lot of people with what I'm doing. <laughs> so I want to say yes, I have. Nice, nice. What moves you? What motivates you? What gets you up? Um, that's an interesting question. I really don't know. It might be the Nigerian in me. Just the uh, people, since I'm a Capricorn, people say, oh, we're very enterprising, we are business people and all that. Maybe it's that. But what moves me is really to live a legacy, to really, I revere and respect my, my father a lot and my family a lot, and I really always want to do right by them. So to live a lasting legacy that I'll be remembered, my name will be remembered and be placed. You know, you have Kwame Nkrumah, you have Jerry Rawlings, you have all these fantastic world African leaders. And, you know, I don't see myself even being the high that is because they attained a lot of great things in life. Nelson Mandela, if I could just be a tiny stone somewhere next to their name, that would be, honestly, I'll even be fine with that. Just really to leave a lasting legacy and let it be known that, okay, FA did something to really possibly impact the community and make my parents and my family proud. That's, I think, that's the thing that moves me every day. 
I think that's the goal for everybody who's found uh, their calling. That we want to leave just a little bit of inspiration to the world, a little bit of something to the world. And you're doing that very well, so you should be proud. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. You as well. I gotta also give you kudos for the platform that you have and how you're continuously spreading the message as important. Shout out to Concrete Pastures. Hey, thank you. It's the whole team. So, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for being here. It was truly an honor to have you on. I know you have to run and do, you know, your business stuff, but I appreciate you so you much. As well. Thank you so much, Nancy. Appreciate it. Anytime, let me know. Hopefully, uh, I'll come again. Um, better circumstances where I'm better, uh, maybe at home. I have my state workstation and everything where you know we can really really uh, have a conversation i mean we did well today but without any distraction or anything but i would really love to come back on the show again and let you keep you keep you posted on our progress oh 100 percent. you this is your home okay uh, you have no choice this is your home <laughs> nice. thank you so much i appreciate that nice. No, you're welcome. That's it for this episode. Thank you again for lending us your ears. It's truly an honor to save each and every dreamer. You can continue to support us by liking, sharing, and following us on our social media pages. The links are all in the show notes. We have so many exciting projects and ventures in store for you. Until next time, keep dreaming. Concrete Pastures